Johnson D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. We thank God for blessing us over and over and over again. We thank God for our spiritual cuts leaders out there that's doing the work of the ministry, edifying the body of Christ, and just under field, out there in the field, because the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few, but they're out there laboring, building the field. And we thank you for the harvest, Father. And we thank you for leading us in the direction you would have us to go. And we thank all the listeners out there. And we ask that you continue to share the gospel of these messages from the podcast to your friends and families and loved ones and continue to pray for us that we continue to grow by leaps and bounds as we do. We got leaders all over the country, all over the state, all over the cities. We just thank God for blessing us here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry through the Promise of Our Father podcast. Without further ado, we're going to continue in our episodes, and we're going to get these messages out, and we're going to let God know what God loves us to do, and that's to preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom, teaching on eternal life. You know we love doing that here at Spiritual Cuts Ministry. So we thank God. Again, I say this, Pastor D. Washington, coming to you live from Atlanta. Let's go straight to the scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, and it reads, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? So we got a body that is not our own, but it's from God. God gave us something from out of the Holy Spirit that make us the temple. So we got to realize through these messages, we are understanding that God's temple is the, is the Lamb. The Lamb of God is the body, but Jesus was named out of the Lamb of God, but the Lamb of God was always God as the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is now the temple, but the temple is now the Lamb of God, and I want you to know that we have the Lamb of God as the temple, which is from God, so whatever we have is from God because it is for God, so the Lamb that we have in the temple, heck glory, let me get out of that, my brothers and sisters, in Joel 2 chapter 28, in Acts 2, 20, 2 17, he said that, he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit, my own body, as the Lamb of God that he prepared for himself when he gave the bread of eternal life through the flesh and blood of his son Christ. And then he gave us himself again in Luke 24, 49 as the Lamb of God, the promise of our Father. He completed us through this process. But my brothers, he said that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So my brothers and sisters, he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit Spirit upon all flesh. My brothers and sisters, we thank you. Do you have the testimony of God? My brothers and sisters, do you have the testimony of Christ and the testimony of Jesus? Even the testimony of Jesus that Christ had, he says, is the spirit of prophecy in Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. He says, the Spirit of the prophecy, huh? The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So even Christ had the testimony of Jesus. So my brothers, I'm giving it to you like it was given to me in 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 Joel two two twenty eight and Acts two seventeen tells us that God poured out something on us for us to become something He wanted us to be. And then he asks, do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you not know that you are the temple of God in 1 John, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16? So therefore, he says, I'm dwelling in you because I poured out in you what I want to dwell. 
He wants to dwell in you what he poured out. So he poured out what he's dwelling in. So therefore, and furthermore, my brothers and sisters, he complete us through this process. Now we better understand. Now we have a better understanding what God says in John 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? In 1 Corinthians, like we just read, or do you not know that your body is the temple of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, and you are not your own? This is heavy. When God purchased us through his body or through his own body as the Lamb of God that Mary conceived by the Holy Spirit and named it Jesus, immediately and effectively we was we purchased we were purchased and bought at a price through the blood of Jesus through the blood of Christ and through the blood of God so in essence and to put this phenomenal or very remarkable or extraordinary huh in in, in retrospect or in or if we are going to reflect on the past or if we're going to talk about these things, this phenomenon, we need to know how remarkable and extraordinary it is huh? as we reflect on it, that we was purchased. And we need to know how we was purchased by the blood of God, how we was purchased by the blood of Christ, how we was purchased by the blood of Jesus, how we was purchased by God himself, because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God huh, that he gave us. We need to take a look on how all this happened. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Get your swords, brother, because we finna get down with Second Corinthians. We just gonna finalize this message. Second Corinthians 14, 17. 14 through 17. For the love of Christ compels us. And what this is actually means, what this actually means to you and I, or what this actually means to us, is that Christ's death, barrier, and resurrections forces us. And brings us into a moral obligation to search the scriptures to know that we have eternal life. In second and John, John chapter 5, verse 39 and 40, you're gonna always hear me say that. It says, Search the scriptures that you may think you have eternal life. And these are they that testify of me. And there are those out there that will testify of me because they don't want to have eternal life. They think eternal life is after you die when they go to heaven. But they ain't even going to heaven. They going to the Lord Jesus. I explained that before, but I'm not going to get into that because I got some ways to go. But I want you to know you're not going to heaven. You dying in Jesus. Now, if you died in Christ, you go to Christ. But there's some who going to just remain and stay alive and get caught Hold up, my brothers and sisters. And he says that we have a moral obligation to search the scriptures to know that we have eternal life. And why God, through his son Christ, gives us eternal life. Christians and believers can't continue. Spiritual church leaders can't continue. Bishop, pastors, apostles, and, and preachers and teachers can't continue teaching their members that eternal life is something you get after you die. And the reason they teach that eternal life is something you receive after you die is because they've been taught by their spiritual church leaders, pastors, bishops, and preachers, apostles, and pastors huh, all over the world, and bishops. I want you to know, they see what, and then they see with their own eyes people dying daily. And on top of all that, you got mama them. 
On top of all that, you got dad in them. And on top of all that, you got grandma in them. And on top of all that, you got papa in them. Huh? Has taught us all huh, that we have to die. Tomorrow is not promised. You got TV. You got social media. You got all types of things telling you we have to die. And tomorrow is not promised. And that is not so. Amen? But on the other hand, when they use this, 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 this phrase, we are not going to be here forever. They love using that phrase. So when they use this phrase, on the other hand, they use it to do this here. Huh? That we're not going to be here forever. They are thinking in their minds and hearts that once they die and go to heaven, they are going to receive eternal life. So that's what they think eternal life is. And that can't be correct according to the scriptures. It is written that is written in John. Let's go to John chapter 11. Christ was teaching Martha and Mary and his disciples the difference between eternal life and the resurrection life. John 11, verse 25 says, and Christ said, and Martha come running up to him, my brother would not have died if he was here. I know whatever you ask of God, he would give it to you. She knew that, but she didn't know what eternal life was. Huh? Christ said, excuse me, Christ said to Martha, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Huh? Let me read that again. He said, I am the resurrection and I am the eternal life. And he or she believes in me. Though he or she may die, like my mama did, like my daddy did, like my brother did, like some of my friends did, like some of my relatives did, like some of the people I know did, some people die, he or she will live. Why? Because of the resurrection. So why did Christ teach this to Martha? I'm glad you asked. I tell you why. Because he was teaching them this powerful message about the death, the burial, and the resurrection. If we clearly search this verse of scriptures, you would see that Christ was explaining to Martha what happened to Christians and believers who believed in him as the Christ, the Son of God, but Although you believe in me and you haven't so learned me as being the eternal power of the Spirit of God as the Christ, you will die. But God has given me the power to raise you up from the dead. And after you have died, I will re resurrect you from the dead. So if you died the physical death while you're on earth, then unequivocally or without a shot of doubt, that cannot. And I want to make this clear to all you who are listening out there. That cannot mean the same thing as eternal life. Christ is explaining to us what we receive when we die in the Lord Jesus. The word resurrections mean, watch this here, the rising from the dead of a divine or human being who still retains his or her own personhood or individuality, though the body may or may not be changed. Let me say that again. The word resurrection means the rising from the dead of a divine or human being being still retained, huh? His or her who still retain his or her own personhood, 
or individuality, though the body may or may not be changed. Amen? So let's continue reading in John chapter 11, verse 26. So he explained to Martha about what he wanted them to understand about the death, the burial, and the resurrection. So once he finalized his teaching on the resurrection in John eleven twenty-five, he began teaching on what eternal life means while we are still alive and remains in this body. Then Christ went on to teach Martha and his disciples will, will, will happen to what would happen to those who so learn Christ, who have heard and been taught by Christ, as the truth is in Jesus. So now he's finna teach another section in the same setting, on the same message. And then clearly in John eleven twenty six 26 says, and then Christ went on to tell Martha this, and whosoever is alive and believes in me as the Christ and comprehend and understand the death, the barrier, and the resurrection, if they understand in Comprehend this process, they shall never die. Do you believe thou this? So he asked her if she believed that, that they that believe in me shall never die. Do you? But see, that's the part that the church, the pastors, bishop, and preachers don't want to talk about. Why would he ask her that if he couldn't perform it? So if he asked that, it had to be a reason for him asking it. If I am the resurrection, so how do you get eternal life out of being dead? If you physically die, how could you receive something eternally? You can't even hold on to nothing. So we got to get this right, pastors, preachers, and teachers. This eternal life, he asked, do you believe thou this? It, the, the people walked off when Christ was teaching about eternal life. That's why the church don't want to talk about it. Huh? They'll walk off. That don't make no sense. How you going to live forever? You ain't never seen nobody live forever. Well, I got the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ and the Lamb of God as Jesus in me. That's how, because I am the temple of God. That's how I'm going to live forever. How you going to live forever, Joker? Don't tell me what I believe in, what God spoke for me to believe in. I believe God. I don't believe you. Now, you take that to your church and your pastor and your bishop and your preachers and you tell them who said it, Pastor D. Washington. You tell them I said it. Do you believe thou this? Now, he explained the resurrection. He explained death. He explained eternal life. And you are sitting there still saying you can't live forever. Tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die. You got to be kidding me. Come on. Now, spiritual church leaders, do you believe now? Now, bishops, do you believe now? Pastors, do you believe now? Congregation, do you believe thou this? Huh? Because you are not teaching the, your congregation a message like this. Because they are too afraid that their members going to leave the church and attend another church. Anytime you teach a group of people who are still on milk, and they are not used to having a full-course meal, they will come back to dine with you. They won't come back to dine with you. 
because the meal you are feeding them is too rich for their spirit and soul. Anytime you are feeding a group of people who are still on milk, and they're not used to the full course, my brothers and sisters. They're not coming back to dine with you because the meal you gave them is too hard to chew. It's too hard to swallow. But in Isaiah 28, God asks, God asks, he says, whom will I get to teach knowledge? And whom will I get to understand the message? He said, precept upon precept, line upon line. I need someone to understand the message, put it line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. Give it to them, my brothers and sisters. I want you to know that Isaiah was teaching us that God was going to put somebody in the earthly realm to bring all this under tutelage, under the understanding where people can understand what God was speaking through his son Christ. From Genesis to Revelation and here you got it, my brothers. I may not have the most excellent speech in the verbiage that you might want to hear, but you better listen to what God is saying to the church because God says, I am the resurrection. I gave my son the power to raise Lazarus from the dead. I'm going to show you I can do that. But before I do that, I want you to realize I have the power to remain you and keep you here alive if you believe in me. So if you believe in me, you can believe in what God promised you. That's what Christ was telling him. In John 11, 26, Christ's teaching brought his listeners into a place where the minds and the hearts couldn't comprehend. His teaching, so his teaching, he asked, he, he asked a question, an open-ended question. Do you believe that you can remain in this body? Do you believe that you are presently living the body that you're living in and that you have, I have the power of the Spirit of God and the power of the Spirit of Christ and the power of the Spirit of Jesus as the Lamb of God inside of me? Do you believe this, Pastor Dean? Do you believe this, Pastor? Do you believe this, my sister? Do you believe this, my brother? Do you believe this, Christians and believe? Do you believe that you have the power of the Spirit of God, the power of the Spirit of Christ, the power of the Spirit of Jesus as the power of the Lamb of God inside of you? Do you believe or do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God? But do you not know, my brothers and sisters, that you are complete in the fullness of the Godhead through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptize them huh, and teach them the baptism, Christ said. Do you not know huh, that you are the temple of the living God? Do you believe that you can live forever and have eternal life and never die? Do you believe Christ and God for this? God deserves an answer from you today, my brothers and sisters. You need to remember this verse of scriptures in John 666. We mentioned earlier when Christ was teaching on eternal life and that we was the bread, that he was the bread of God that came down from heaven. And if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you should never die and live forever and have eternal life. Many Christians and disciples walk off and walk away and follow Christ no more. This is John, this is John 666 we was talking about earlier. My brothers and sisters, his disciples walk no more with him. And Christ didn't even ask them to come back. 
do you want to go to? He looked at the 12 he picked. Do you want to go to? Let me see it out there. Do you want to go to? That is heavy to me. Because anytime you're teaching a person beyond their comprehension, they go back and revert back to what they understand. But when they are, when they they hungry and thirst for righteousness. When the scripture says that in the book of Matthew, when you hungry and thirst for righteousness, you're hungry and thirsting for eternal life. Because in the way of eternal, in the way of righteousness is eternal life, and there is no death in its path. In Proverbs, in Proverbs twelve twenty eight. So my brothers and sisters, when you hunger and thirst for eternal life, God will pour out his spirit upon your flesh and you'll have the testimony of Jesus, which was the spirit of prophecy. You will believe that Christ came to save me as the lamb of God. Huh? Who take away the sin. My brothers and sisters, let me move forward. So now with that being said, you and I know Huh? I want you to understand this one read for this one reason. The spiritual church leaders deny teaching these types of messages because they are too afraid that their church members are going to lead the church. And you know, when the church folks lead the church, that affects the bishops and the pastors and the apostles and preachers' salary. Uh oh. Come on. I done opened up my big mouth again. I done done it again. I done opened up my big mouth. And you know it affects their salary. So they they despise when members leave and go to another church. And the first thing he's going to say, well, it wasn't a good title anyway. You know they're going to talk about you. But the thing of it is, they're afraid to teach a message of this sort. And I thank God I'm not afraid of the gospel of Christ. Jesus Christ. I'm not afraid of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God. Huh? So I'm teaching this because I'm not afraid to lose someone because they walked off from Christ in John 666. And John 666 is the number of beasts and the number of man. So therefore, they left to be with a man instead of staying with the, with the son of God as a man who was Christ. Come on. So, my brothers and sisters, you and I know when members leave the church, it affects the church finances and tithing goes down. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. And the greatest reason spiritual church leaders don't teach on eternal life is because they don't have the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Christ, who when God himself assigned Christ to teach eternal life, and that was and he was commanded from God to teach on eternal life. And that's found in John 12, 50. So, and when you go there and you see that he was commanded to teach and say and speak that God commanded him to teach and preach eternal life, you're going to realize my message should allow. God gave some, Christ gave some in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9, 10, and 11. He gave some apostles, pastors, preachers, and teachers. See, that's why y'all keep hearing me saying apostles, pastors, preachers, and teachers, and bishops. I ain't scared to say it because Christ gave some. If you gave some, if Christ gave you what you're supposed to be teaching, you should be teaching the words of eternal life. Come on. If you say you are in Christ, let me continue because I've got some ways to go. Amen. The, 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 the thing we got to understand, my brothers and sisters, somebody got to call these people out. The gods of this world, 
is actually the pastors, preachers, and teachers. They have blinded the eyes, alienated you from the life of God. These are the gods of this world. I'm not afraid to say it. I was one of those out there teaching, blinding the eyes of the people, teaching them this erroneous teachings that we all have to die and tomorrow ain't promised. You got to get better than that. Then we'll say, you know what I mean? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And then you go five minutes later and say, we all got to die. We ain't going to be here forever. Man, you need to get out the pulpit. You need to get out of this place where you're standing there teaching people that foolishness. And I'm sick of that. I'm telling you right now. So anyway, let's continue. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. And the greatest reason spiritual church leaders don't huh, teach on eternal life is because huh, they don't have the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Christ when him, Christ himself was assigned to teach the words of eternal life. We all are taught and learned by God in John 6, 45. But we all are taught, and our teacher is Christ. In Matthew 23, my brothers and sisters, Matthew 23, verse 8. So now we have a reference point who we're taught and who's teaching. And as long as you know that I'm teaching from what I was taught from God through Christ, you're getting the teaching of God from me, from God, from Christ. So, my brothers, I want you to realize this is why I'm so adamant about saying what I'm saying. I don't care if you to walk off and leave and not listen because you are missing out on what God wants you to have that he promised. He promised you eternal life and you are sitting around talking about you promised to die. Two opposites. Man, we get out of that. Anyway, so Christ said. If we are spiritual church leaders, if we as spiritual church leaders, we have the mind of Christ. And our bodies are the temples and the members of Christ. Shouldn't we be teaching a message Christ was commanded to teach by God in John 12, 15? I'm just saying, huh? If we have the body and if we have the mind, if we have the spirit, if we have the glory of God through Christ, and God bless Christ the teaching, we all are taught by God, and Christ is our teacher in Matthew 23, 8. Don't you think we should be in the same similitude of that type of teaching? You should get paid. And the Bible says in Ephesians, he gave some apostles, preachers, and teachers to edify the body for the work of the ministry. He said edify the body so that they can come into a perfect man, a perfect stature in the body of Christ. So it's my job as a minister to teach the words of eternal life as a minister. Now, if you are not in the place where you're teaching this here, you need to step up your game and start teaching what God wants you to teach. Pastors, preachers, and teachers, you're still my friend. I'm still buddies with you. I know you ain't going to talk to me no more, but I still love you, brother. But anyway, let me get out of that. My, my thing is this. Why would God get his son Christ to come down 42 generations? On, and to teach on eternal life. And he himself as God could not perform that in which he promised. God promised us eternal life in his word. In 1 John 22, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 25 and 26. And he says, this is the promise that he has promised us. That he has given us eternal life. And look what he says in verse 26. In 1 John chapter 2. He says, I'm writing these words to you. I'm writing this to you so that, so, that, so that you won't be deceived. 
Man, you got to be kidding me. So I am not trying to deceive you in what I'm speaking. I'm writing you what I was spoke and was taught and God was teaching through his son Christ by God. So I want you to know, my brothers, this word, huh? God's word is not the problem. Hmm? God's word is not the problem. We as spiritual church leaders have a problem believing in God's word that he commanded his son Christ to teach in on eternal life. We need to pump our brakes, huh? And we need to pause parenthetically, <clears throat> excuse me, for a moment and take a second look at what God promised and know what he, and know that he is able to perform it. We need to actually pump our brakes. When you say, God, tomorrow's not promised, now watch this here. In Matthew, somewhere in Matthew, I think it's in Mark, Mark 11, 22, somewhere around there. And it talks about, he says that and, uh, there's nothing impossible with God. But you can't even have a, common, a, 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 a friendly conversation and say you're going to live forever and not die. And so you can't, that can't be. We all have to die. Hold up. We just said that there's nothing impossible with God. God promised me eternal life. God even testimony in 1 John chapter 5, verse 10 through 13. He's testimony. He said the witness of men is not greater than the witness of God. He even God's testimony was about eternal life, my brothers and sisters. Man, let me get out of that. Brothers, I tell you, this is a message, man. This, this is amazing to me. God's testimony was about eternal life. So what God promised, he's able to perform it. You have to remember that. Especially after the word of God teaches us that all the promises of God is yes and amen in Christ. Christ says, do you believe in me? Because I am the one who completes you in God for you to, man to manifest eternal life through the power of my resurrection. Do you know the power of Christ's resurrection? Or do you know the power of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ? Huh? And that he, through the power of the Spirit of God, has given you and has given me and has given me and you eternal life through the eternal spirit, through the eternal body, the body that is made without hands that God created and made on the sixth day in Genesis 1, 26 and 27 from out of Genesis 1, 1. The resurrection life is not the same as eternal life. The word resurrection we went through just a minute ago, we just found out the word resurrection means something totally different than eternal life. But I want you to know the word resurrection means rising from the dead. You hear me? If that means rising from the dead, it can't mean the same thing as eternal life. So eternal life means, let me give you that, without beginning or end or lasting forever or always existing. But the definition of resurrection, the rising from the dead of a divine or human being who still retains his or her own personhood or individuality, though the body may or may not be changed. But eternal life means without beginning or end, lasting forever or always existing. 
existing outside of all relationships of time, not subject to change. This is the body that is made without hands. Now does, huh? Now does always existing sound the same as rising from the dead of a divine or human body? Be honest with yourself. Does always existence as a divine human being sounds remotely like rising from the dead as a human being. And you're going to have to be honest with yourself. This is the definition of death, the act of dying, the inner life, the total and permanent succession of all the vital functions of an organism or a human being. Meaning all of it done shut down on you. You done fell asleep. You done slipped out of here. So each word, the resurrection, eternal life, death, has individual definitions, and death and the word resurrection ties into each other. How can eternal life that God commanded his son Christ to teach be the same and have the same meaning? That is preposterous, completely contrary to nature, that is preposterous or reasonable or doesn't even make common sense. Let me put it this way. That is utterly foolishness and absurd and obviously senseless. Or it is Ill it's Ill illogical and untrue. Now to justify and to solidify that God commanded his son, Christ, to teach eternal life in John 21, 21, we see where Christ says to Peter, let's go to John 21, 21. He says to Peter, now you need to know when Christ began telling Peter and his disciples about John in 21, 21, Christ was in his final days or in the earth. His final days in the earth, or on the earth, before ascending back to the Father. Look what Christ told Peter. And Christ said to Peter, if I will that John remain in the earth until I come, what is it to you, Joker? He says, follow me. I'm finna get down with it now, brothers. He says, follow me. What is it to you? So I want you to realize that God is speaking something in our hearing, in our understanding, so that we can walk as the Spirit of God, and we can walk as the Lamb of God, we can walk as the Spirit of Christ, we can walk as the temple of God, and know that we are not our own, that we've been bought with a price, and we are glorifying God in our bodies, and in our minds, and in our spirit. You got to understand, he said, what it is to you if I want John to remain? Why would Christ have such a conversation about do you believe? If you believe in me, you shall not die and live forever and not die. Do you believe thou this? Now he's telling us in John 21, 21, right before he was sending up on back to the Father, he said that what is it to you that if I want John to remain, Peter, what it is to you, Joker? So this is not being taught in the churches, brothers and sisters. Listen to me. You got to tie this precept upon precept, line upon line. 
In John 11, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life, 25 and 26. But they that believe in me shall live. But they that believe in me that live it and remain shall not die. And do you believe thou this? Now he's telling John in John 21, 21. He says that what is it to you, Joker? If I want John to remain until I come back for my church, until I come back for my temple, until I come back for my body, which is the church. Come on. You got to be kidding me. You can't just make this stuff up, my brothers and sisters. What is it to you if Christ wants you to remain in the earth and always exist and living forever and lasting forever until he come back for the church or for the body of the Lamb of God that he prepared for himself? What is it to you, Joker? During Christ's teaching, one of the disciples tried to cross and mix his teaching and his words up huh, about remaining in the earth with dying and receiving eternal life. That's where that foolishness started at. So he made huh, the powerful and necessary correction that, had, that was needed for our understanding and comprehension, uh, comprehending the scriptures when he was teaching on eternal life. And he said to them, look in the next verse, I didn't say that he would not die. Because they went to mumbling and said, they said, John wasn't going to die. And he said, he didn't say that he would not die. This is powerful and this is heavy. Because he had to correct them and say, I didn't tell you that lie. Stop lying. And that's what I love about Christ. Because Christ spoke to you according to how you spoke to him. If you got in, you interfered in where he was at in God, he let you know. He had just gave Peter the keys in Matthew 16, 16. And then Peter going to turn around, oh, you don't need to go do that. He says, get behind me, devil. Who you think you are, Peter? Get behind me. I just give you the keys and you think you're all that already. He said, get, don't be telling me what I'm telling my, my father and told me I got to do. You better get out of here, joker. So now he's teaching here in John chapter 21. He says, look, I didn't say that the John would not die. Hey, you got the boy. I can't wait to get to that part. He said that for a reason. Now, my brother, let me pick it up because I got some ways to go. And he said to them, I didn't say that he would not die. I said to you, Joker, what if I, what if I will that John will remain in the earth and live forever and not die and have eternal life like God promised us in 1 John 2.25? Huh? In 1 John 5, 11 through 13, he said, what is it to you? What if you have been chosen to live forever and you are denying the fact that you can because of the erroneous or incorrect teaching that came from those spiritual church leaders as an error? What is it to you? Because in John 1, 4, John chapter, first John chapter, first John chapter four, verse six, there's the teaching of the spirit of truth and there's the teaching of the spirit of error. What have you been taught? What have you been chosen? 
to live forever and you are denying the fact that you can because of the erroneous or incorrect teaching that came from your spiritual church leaders or your bishops or your pastors or your preachers or your mama and them or your daddy and them that they was teaching us in the era of Momo and Paul Paul and them. Let me tell you something. What if they was wrong? Because in 1 John 4, 16, 4 verse 6, in 1 John chapter 4 verse 6, it says that there is a spirit of truth and the spirit of I don't think they're teaching it because they 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 they're just purposely teaching it like that. I think the pastor preachers and teachers are teaching it because they have an error. They are not they have not so learned Christ. And I was one of those that taught it. I was one of those teachers that was teaching the era. I was using the words. I was motivating and celebrating. And oh, I felt, and you know, all in my toes, huh? Goosebumps and all that. Man, I ran around the church. And by the wrong is two right shoes. Come on. What if all your lifetime you have been taught the truth about God and Christ and found out it was an error? Hmm? You thought you'd been taught the truth about God, and you found out you was taught an error. Just that one thing will stop you receiving, because I'm breaking it down to you. God, would you be willing to change for, for God? Would you be willing to change for the promises that God asked and gave me and you? Would you be willing to accept the fact we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and we are not going to be here forever? What if you found out the truth? Would you be willing to make a change in your thought, in your way of worshiping God, in searching the scriptures? Just go to John chapter 5, verse 39. If you search the scriptures, you may think you have eternal life. Would you be willing to change all that, my brothers and sisters? Because I want you to know, if you don't make the change, you're not going to receive what God have for you. So we find, we, we find in John 11, 25 and 26, John chapter 11, verse 25, Christ teaches us the difference in the resurrection life and remaining in the earth and staying alive until he come back for his body or for his church. Now we have to see why Christ rebuked the, rebuked the fact and uh, rebuked Peter and the fact in repeated him in John 21, 21, why he explained to his disciples why he didn't say that John would not die, but he will remain. We get into the conclusion of the matter now, my brothers and sisters. So let me finish up because I want you to realize this in this last message. I'm going to close this one out, but I'm going to start right here where, 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 where Christ, because I got to get this out of me and into you so that God can do what God promised to do. Amen. So I love you, my brothers and sisters. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live because we need to find out why he did he tell them that he should not die, but he will remain. That was the purpose of him saying that.
So I'm going to finish and put a pin, a period right here, and we're going to pick back up. Amen. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. May God continue to bless you and your family forever. May you continue to be blessed forever and where God is taking you. And we thank God for doing what he promised to do. We love you and we thank you. You can get us. You can reach me at 678-764-1614. Or you can reach us at P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at Yahoo.com. Or you can go to Amazon.com. Or you can go to Amazon. You can go to Bones and Nova, Books and Nova, and you can get the book, The Promises of Our Father and Who Has Believed in Our Report. This is Pastor Lee Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We love you and we thank you. May God continue to bless you and your family forever. May God continue to bless you.